Thanks for tuning in. One of the things that makes Outcasting and its related programming possible is financial support from listeners like you. Please visit us at outcastingmedia.org and click on support to make your tax-deductible contribution. Thanks. This is Outcasting Overtime from Media for the Public Good, producer of Public Radio's LGBTQ youth programs. Hi, I'm Lil, an Outcasting youth participant. Five years ago, in 2015, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that the constitutional rights of same-sex couples were violated when states prevented them from getting married. This landmark case, Obergefell v. Hodges, made marriage equality the law everywhere in the United States. Just a few weeks ago, on October 5, 2020, the Supreme Court denied review of a case that stemmed from Obergefell. This wasn't notable except for a statement from Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, one of the court's most conservative justices, joined by Justice Samuel Alito, another conservative. The statement condemned what they see as infringements on religious liberty caused by the Obergefell case. As Thomas and Alito see it, Obergefell has demonized people who cite religious beliefs in objecting to same-sex marriage. The statement gives us a lot to criticize, and we've posted a link to it on the Outcasting Overtime page on our website, outcastingmedia.org, along with our own running commentary. The unraveling of hard-won LGBTQ rights is becoming more and more likely with the sharp rightward shift in our federal courts. Here at Outcasting, the Thomas Alito statement has sparked new conversations about marriage equality, an issue that should have been settled by the Obergefell case. Let's be clear, marriage equality for LGBTQ people is about civil marriage under the law. It's not about religious marriage. There is no law forcing any religious institution to perform same-sex marriages, and the LGBTQ movement is not advocating for that. What we've won, and what Justices Thomas and Alito, and perhaps other members of the Supreme Court, apparently want to take away from us, is the ability to get married, civilly, under the law. The growing conservative majority on the Supreme Court is likely to threaten many rights, including women's rights of reproductive choice and civil rights for minorities, including LGBTQ people. If our marriage rights get eroded or even erased entirely, what's next? Are they going to make it illegal for same-sex couples to adopt children? Will this conservative court reverse its own ruling from 2003 and take us all back to a time when states could criminalize same-sex behavior? The thrust of the Thomas Alito statement is that the Obergefell case has led to public criticism of people who hold anti-LGBTQ religious beliefs. In the justice's view, apparently, religious beliefs and the people who hold them should be immune from criticism. As if sincerely held religious beliefs, even when they harm other people, should actually be deemed elevated and pure and well-intentioned. But the fact is that religion has historically been a force of horrible oppression for LGBTQ people. It's only in recent decades that public opinion in the U.S. has shifted, and most people have grown not only to tolerate LGBTQ people, but even to support our equality under the law. As that has happened, people have come to understand that religious condemnation of LGBTQ people is wrong, and they are rightly criticizing it. In whatever way you might define bigotry, it must certainly include a desire to deny civil rights to a group of people based on who they are, whether it's based on skin color, LGBTQ identity, or something else. When bigotry is based on sincerely held religious beliefs, it's still bigotry. 
Marriage equality is simply part of the larger equality under the law guaranteed to all Americans by the Constitution. It harms exactly no one. So why are these people so opposed to it? Why are they so intent on trying to control other people's lives? Maybe it's because they feel oppressed in their own lives and can feel good about themselves only when they have someone to look down on. Maybe they actually feel superior to everyone else. Maybe some of them have their own issues of sexuality or gender identity, and because they can't resolve them, they lash out at those of us who are out of the closet and comfortable with who we are. Or maybe they think that their desire not to be criticized for their anti-LGBTQ religious beliefs outweighs LGBTQ people's right to equality. Think about that for a minute. They think that equality for LGBTQ people is less important than their right not to be insulted. Wow. Maybe they have an idealized and false notion of an earlier, simpler time in America, and they blame growing LGBTQ equality for how American society now seems to be unraveling. Maybe they have no capacity for empathy, and can't even imagine the effects on us if our right to marriage is taken away. Maybe they are just too stubborn to empathize with us, or any group of marginalized people. Whatever the reasons, their justifications for their wrong-headed views are easy to pick apart, and when we do, we start to see the holes in their logic. In the end, the reasons probably don't matter. These people just don't like us and don't want us to be equal, and the reasons are just justifications. As LGBTQ youth and allies, we're alarmed at how fragile our rights are and how easily they can be taken away. We're 15, 16 years old, and as we've grown up, our reality has always been that same-sex couples have the same right to get married just like everyone else. Now it feels as if our future families may get taken away. No matter how hard our elders fought for their rights, and ours, and despite the guarantee of equality in the Constitution, LGBTQ youth across America and LGBTQ people in general are still not equal. We wish that these religious homophobes, including Justices Thomas and Alito, could step into our shoes so they could experience this discrimination firsthand, so they could understand what goes through our minds when we hear that a basic right of ours, one that took decades of fighting to win, could be taken away. Consider the extreme position they're taking, installing a particular view of Christianity into the law and requiring everyone to live under it. It would turn the United States into a theocracy imposing religious law on everyone. It's part of why the American Revolution was fought, to avoid religion imposed on everyone by the government. Religion is a source of comfort and meaning for many people, but think about how it's been grotesquely misused. To oppose condom use during the AIDS epidemic when countless lives could have been saved. To oppress LGBTQ people and deny us our right to legal equality to segregate the races, to justify slavery. Separation between church and state is an essential concept of American law, but it's being eroded in considerable part by religious homophobes, and we're going down the path toward theocracy. With the increasing domination of the court by conservatives, we have to worry about whether the freedoms we've won will still be freedoms tomorrow. Does that uncertainty sound like freedom to you? Liberty should be a freedom that lasts. With marriage equality, we thought we had that, but we don't, and it's very unsettling for us as LGBTQ youth. Justices Thomas and Alito want to take it away from us, 
and with just a few other conservative votes on the Supreme Court, they can. So are we free? It doesn't sound like it. Thanks for listening to Outcasting Overtime from Outcasting Media, creator of Public Radio's LGBTQ youth programs. Outcasting Media is produced by Media for the Public Good, based in New York. This piece was created with input from the Outcasting team, including Brian, Chris, Justin, Tim, and me, Lil. Our executive producer is Mark Sophus. Visit us at outcastingmedia.org to get information about outcasting, make your tax-deductible donation, watch outcasting videos, access our social media links, and listen to outcasting and related content. Thanks, and thanks for listening.